preaching this what if series now for several weeks and I want to ask everybody the question today what if we valued revelation more than we valued information what if we place the value on revelation more than we place the value on information we spend so much time reviewing the news and hearing the news media and listening to what everybody else is saying around us, and God's saying, I want, to bra- I want to draw the church into face-in-face encounters. What happened at youth camp and, and what you experienced when you were there is you experienced a face-to-face encounter. Like there was no pulling back and turning away from. It was dedicating yourself every night to go meet with the Lord. And that's what God's called the church to, to say, hey, I want to bring you into divine encounters with me. I want you to encounter my presence like you've never experienced before. That's not just for kids. It's not just for teenagers. This is for you and I. This is what God's called our church to, is daily encounters with the Lord. I'm going to read to us some scripture today. I'm going to start with a passion translation, which some of you may have never heard of a passion translation. It's a newer translation, one of the newest translations that that has come out. My father taught me to read the King James Bible, and anything other than that was going to send me to hell. He was so old school, man. It's like you cannot read any of that other garbage. You just read the King James. But uh, I've learned that every translation adds value to what I'm reading. And as I read it, it just puts layers of God's revelation and truth in my heart. And so the Passion Translation is a new heartfelt translation. It uses the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Aramaic manuscripts. And what it does is it's the the purpose of the whole translation is to reintroduce the church to the passion and the fire of the Bible. What God did in the teenagers' hearts was he placed fire in their bellies. A boldness, like Kaylee was saying, this, this boldness to even look across and see somebody in the gym working out and to be in the pool and think, I've got to go pray for that person. And the humility of a young girl to walk up and say, ma'am, I know you don't know me, but I feel like God wants me to pray for you. And her to begin to pray for someone she's never met before, doesn't even know. That's boldness. And somehow the church is, we've got so introverted and self-consumed that we're missing the opportunities that God wants to give us. And God says, "I I I want you to let the fire and the passion of the Bible come alive in your heart. The Passion Translation in John chapter 519, you could, I think they're going to be able to put it, will you guys have it on the screen, 519, in the the Passion? Great. If you have it in the King James, maybe you'll want to read it in your New King James or NIV or whatever you read in, but follow along with me as I read the word today. John 519 and 20 in the Passion Translation. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. Timeless truth. This is just not for biblical days, guys. This is for right now that we're living. I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything of himself or through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see the father doing. For the son does the same works as the father. Because the father loves the son so much, he always reveals to me everything that that he is about to do. And you will be amazed when he shows me 
even greater works than you've seen so far. This is Jesus explaining to his disciples about how he's functioning on the earth. In John 1.1, we know the word says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We know that, right? But listen to it in the, in the Passion Translation. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face. They were together, face to face. In the very beginning, and through his creative, inspiring, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. For, this, for his life is the light for all humanity. This living expression is the light that bursts through the gloom. The light that diminishes, that, that darkness could not diminish. You read this translation and it gives us a whole new look at what, what that experience was like for Jesus and, and what he was all about. We are here to diminish the darkness. We are here to let the light of God shine through us so that others may see his goodness, so that others may see his glory. What you see will determine what you say. So many of us are responding to what we're seeing, and we're not saying what God's saying. We're saying what our hurt is. We're saying what we believe and what, what has been stirred up in our hearts because of what we see. And God says, listen, what you look at will determine how you respond. This is the power of modeling. It's the power of modeling. I have, I have grandbabies, uh, my little baby River was just in here, and Titus and Tegan are in kids' church. And I've watched, and I have, this is my son Jordan on the front row here, and my daughter Destiny living in Orlando. But I've watched through the years as my life, I look, huh? Oh, and my daughter Riley right here, yeah. I didn't mean to forget you. I, 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 I would, but here's the thing, see, this is, this is what I'm trying to say. This is happening for her now, what already happened to him. It's called modeling. Right now, Titus and Tegan, when they were little, I saw so much of their mother and their father in them. Tegan's still really little. Titus is seven now, uh, so he's, he's getting a little bit older. But what I'm seeing is the more time I spend with Titus, the more I'm seeing me in Titus. Because what he's spending time with and what he's looking at is now what he's doing. We could tell them time and time again, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But if I'm not modeling that for him, they're going to do what I do, not do what I say. Do you understand? And, and what's happening to Riley now, Riley's almost 17, she's 16, she just turned 16, she's going to be 17 years old. But what happened now is in her life she modeled what she saw. But now God gave her to me and she's a gift to me and now she's beginning to model what she's seeing in us. What she sees in Bobby and what she sees in me. That's the power of modeling. That's what Christ says. This is what it means to be a Christian. You come, see we think it's just for kids but it's not. It's for you and I. We are, we are the, we are, carry his name. You carry the name of Yahweh. You carry his name and you're not just supposed to just look like him you're, or act like him. You're supposed to look like him. We were made in his image and in his likeness. 
He made us in his image and in his likeness, and we are to look like him. That's why I'm telling you, we've got to get face to face with God so that we can begin to say what we see. If we spend too much time in the negativity of this world, what we say is what we're hearing. What we say is what we're seeing. And God said, listen, that's not going to change anybody. That will never change a nation. We will never change this nation until the church has something to say. We behold, what we behold is who we will become. What we will behold is who we will become. Say my title, face to face. That's what I ask everybody to type in on that little search bar, face to face. What we, what we see determines how we respond to the world around us. John 5, 19. In the King James, New King James. Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Think about that statement. The son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. Drop the mic. You could go home and meditate on that all week long and it will change your life. Just to think, I don't want to do anything, say anything, act anyway, be anyway, unless I see the father do it. Unless I get a direct order from the father. Too many of us are operating under our own initiatives. We want to tell people what we think. We want to tell people what we know. Well, I know this is that, and I know it ought to be this way. So we're going to tell them what we know. And God says, it's not important to me what you know. It's important to me what's been revealed to you through truth. We meditate on information and not revelation. How much of what we say and do is not from the Father? How surrendered are we to what the Father wants to do? How surrendered are we to what the Father doesn't want us to do? It's an amazing truth. Too many Christians are operating under their own initiative. The Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I, live in, I don't live in the flesh, I live in the faith of the Son of God. That's not what we see in the church. That's not what we see in the modern church. We're so consumed with self-awareness and so consumed about what we are looking for and what we want and making sure that everything goes the way we want it. And if it doesn't go the way we want it, we're so quick to pack up and leave. And God says, I'm calling the church to take on my name, to act like me, to live like me. When Bobby and I got married, she took my name. You took Paul's, you took Bob's name. You were not, what was your maiden name? Charlotte? Jolly. Jolly. God says, you're no longer going to be Mary and Jolly. You will now be Mary and Hardy. And everything that you do now would represent Bob, good or bad. We were so divinely connected. My wife took on my name. Her name was Bobby Joe Con Barbara Joe Conkus. But when she married me, she became Barbara Joe Ball. And now everything that my wife does reflects me, good or bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. You know, no matter what she does, affects everything that goes on in this room. If she were to treat one of you bad or disrespectful, that comes back on me. You can't separate the two of us. And if we could see that in the kingdom of God, we have taken on his name. We carry the name of Yahweh. We are to look like him, act like him, talk like him, walk like him, respond like him. You can't live under your own initiatives anymore. You die to yourself. Paul said, I die daily. I crucify my flesh. And the life that I live now is not in the flesh. It is in the spirit. 
Genesis 1, 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. We're to look like him and act like him. The third commandment is thou shalt not take the Lord of thy God's name in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. When I grew up, that meant I couldn't say, oh, my God. My mom said, no, that's taking the, you can't do that. It was all about these words. You know, it, I thought it was all meant cussing. But as I begin to study it and look at it, the word vain in the Hebrew is the word shav, S-H-A-V. And it means emptiness or falsehood. The meaning, you can't take on my name and live in emptiness and falsehood. You can't be fake. You can't live one way and, and, and talk another way. You can't show up in church on Sunday and lift your hand and praise the living God and then walk out these doors and cuss somebody out and scream at somebody and act like a fool and live, live in a hypocritical lifestyle. That is a vanity. That is a vain lifestyle to think that you can somehow uh, uh, depend upon your own ability. Somebody asked me one time, what are the kings over the, what, what are the, the kings over the city? Like, what are, what are the principalities? One of them is vanity. It's self-gratification. Self it's it's self-made millionaires who live in our town, who have made millions and billions of dollars, and now they've retired here, and they feel so entitled. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You know people like that. They're so entitled because they're living in vanity. And it means emptiness. Listen, all the money in the world cannot satisfy what God can do for you. Oh, hey, you can be retired, have your pensions all set up, your 401k, have guaranteed income coming in every month. But I'm telling you, it is empty, it is vain. If you do not have the peace of God living and dwelling inside of you, it is all vanity. We need to live lives that reflect the Father. John 5 and verse 20, the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. What Jesus did, God did. What Jesus did was what he saw God do. This is how it's worth to live as followers. Jesus said he only does what he sees the fathers do. What we see is what we say. That's what 21 days of fasting is all about. It's not a diet. It's not just an event. It's an actual invitation for a face-to-face -face encounter. Bobby sent me this thing after church, and it was talking about Moses. And it said when Moses went on the mountain, he met with God face-to-face. -face. The actual Hebrew says mouth-to-mouth. The first thing that we do when a child is born and comes out of the womb, what do we do, Marion? We pick up that little child and we kiss it. It's the mouth to mouth. It's the face to face. It's what God is desiring. That's what God did with all of you teenagers at youth camp is he met you face to face. That's what God wants to do with you as a senior is God wants to meet with you tomorrow morning when you wake up and he wants to give you a big kiss and he wants to meet you face to face. And he wants to say, hey, I'm right here to give you a divine encounter so that when you walk out, you've got something to say. So that when you walk into this world of trouble and trauma and you walk into this world of tribulation and 
persecution, that you're not lining up with your own initiative and responding to the world with how they've responded to you. You live in unforgiveness and you live in faithfulness and you respond to them with a word from God. It's intimacy and face-to-face encounters. There were several prophecies when we started this year. I grabbed a hold of one. I, I usually go to a minister's conference with Kenneth Copeland every year. Uh, Bill Prankert has taken me almost every year to go and sit and listen. And, and I was, I've been so encouraged with the words and everything that God's been speaking. And Kenneth Copeland had a, had a dream. And God showed him that 2020 was going to be a year of great change and manifest power. I, I, I don't know where everybody's at with all, everything. But early in the year, I said, God, I'm believing for great change and manifest power. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit comes into us and he gives boldness like he gave the kids. And he gives boldness to us as adults. And we, we don't live in the same manner anymore. We live with fire. We live with passion and zeal. And I said, God, I'm, I believe it for great change and manifest power. And man, have we not seen great change in 2020. It's been amazing, the change. I've never seen anything like it. And I'm ready to see the power manifest now. I'm ready to see the second half of the year. The church come out of the closet. The church stop living with vanity and start living with destiny. There were several prophecies, though, and one was that 2020 would be a year of clear vision. 2020, that we have clear vision. Another prophecy was that 2020 was going to be the year of the mouth. Anybody hear that? That 2020 would be the year of the mouth. Isn't it, uh, a, isn't it interesting that what we're in right now is a, a pandemic where they've covered the mouth? Just saying. I don't know, I, I don't know how it all, all ties together yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to give me revelations of what's going on right now. But 2020 was the year of the mouth. And the year of the mouth comes from the fact that this is the year of pay in the Hebrew calendar. It's 2007, it's it's the the 17th letter of the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. The Hebrew alphabet, Jesus said, I am the alpha and the omega, A, Z. I'm the beginning and the ending. Alpha is is the beginning, omega is the ending of the Hebrew calendar, or the Hebrew alphabet. And so pay is the 17th letter, but it has layers of meaning. That, that, th- th- this is a truth about God that you need to understand. There are so many layers of truth yet to be revealed. This is how we get revelations and word of faith movement. This is how we get revelation of a Holy Spirit movement. This is how we get revelation of a prayer movement. All through the Bible, God keeps revealing new layers of himself to us. And the alphabet in the Hebrew is in order, A to Z. And they all have prophetic meaning. The meaning of the... Uh, of the letter, the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet is pay, and it means, it means uh, the year of the mouth. It means the year of the mouth. But God's so unique, and it's so intricate, and when you study it more and more, all of a sudden God begins to reveal new things. And listen, 2019 was the 16th letter of the Hebrew calendar. 16 comes before 17, right? 16. So 2016 is, is, is the, uh, it's the word I-N, A-Y-I-N. And it represents sight, insight, or the picture of an eye. And this tells you exactly, you're supposed to see it 
before you say it. 16, the year of the eye. 17, the year of the mouth. It, like this is so, it's, it's, it's way deeper than I could ever, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. But I could just tell you in looking at this, God's telling you, you got to see this thing before you say it. You got to start seeing in the spiritual realm. What we see in the natural is nowhere near compares to what's going on in the spiritual. What you see in the spiritual is far more real than what's going on in the natural. Because in the natural, we're hearing information. But in the spiritual, we're getting revelation. Eyes come before mouth. That means we can't speak it until we see it. Maybe that's the reason for the mask. Maybe that's the reason that God says, you know what, I'm going to cover their mouths and I'm going to send them to their homes. And we were sent into isolation and we can't figure out like, why God, where are you at? And why are we isolated to our homes? Maybe it's because God wanted to reveal to us a hypocrisy in our hearts. Maybe we were saying publicly what we were not living privately. Maybe we weren't living it the way God wanted us to live it and experience him the way God wanted us to experience him. And we'd gotten so busy in our lives that we were not meeting with him face to face, mouth to mouth. And God says, I'll send them to their homes so that they can begin in their homes, getting their houses in order, so that when they come out of this pandemic, they won't have to, they can uncover their mouths and they can begin to say what they've been seeing. They can begin to say what they've been experiencing. What we look at is the filter for what we say. The church needs to get a revelation of Jesus sitting high in its throne. We need to get a revelation of Jesus in power, Jesus in victory, Jesus in control. We need to stop wondering, God, what are you going to do? He's doing exactly what he wants to do. It's not, he's not trying to figure out, what am I going to do right now? Everything is in divine order and plan. God is working his plan to the full, and he's telling us, I've got it all under control. God has never said, oops. That's never been in his vocabulary. Oops. Oh, man, what did I do? He's never had an aha moment where he went, oh, I should have thought of that. Never. He is all-seeing, all-knowing. And everything that you're experiencing right now, nothing gets into your life that doesn't go through his hands. He's allowing us to be in our homes. He's allowing us to be isolated. He's allowing us right now to have a moment of covering of our mouths to say, you know what? I want you to start saying what, what you're seeing. I want you to see me on my throne. What you see will determine what you declare in your life and over this nation. Some of us have been speaking so incorrectly because of what we've been looking at. We speak information, not revelation. And Jesus modeled for us that he leaned on revelation, not information. There's a difference between revelation and information. It's the reason that our nation is in the position that it's in right now. Because the church has nothing to say to transform the nation. And you and I, God's calling us through 21 days of fasting to enter into a time of connecting to the Father face to face, mouth to mouth. Letting him speak into our lives. Not regurgitating information that we're letting people know the, the, the trouble they're already in. We're, we're, we're speaking all this stuff, the information that we're hearing, and what we're doing is we're, we're, we're pointing out to them the trouble they're already in. 
And God says, I want you to stop that. I want you to meet with me in the closet. I want you to get on your face. I want you to cry out to me. I want you to spare not and lift your voice like a trumpet. I want you to intercede on behalf of the people. And I want you to come out of that closet with a word of encouragement, with a word of life, with a word of hope. And let this world know there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is strength in Jesus Christ. There is power in Jesus Christ. There is boldness in Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Amen. Jesus leaned on revelation, not information. He walked by revelation, not information. If you're taking notes, write this down. Information will give you facts, but revelation will reveal to you truth. It will reveal to you truth. There's an attack on absolute truth in our country. There's an attack on absolute truth in our country. John 8, 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There are so many things that are in my life that are true. There are so many things in our church that are true. And then listen, if I focus on what's true, it, it, it'll cause me to not live in faith. But i got to focus on the truth. The truth says that whatever is true can change by the power of his truth. Truth is the reality of where God resides. God does doesn't believe in truth. He is truth. He's truth. When God created Adam in the garden, Adam didn't live by information. He lived by revelation. Think about it. Adam didn't even know his name. He didn't know who he was. Didn't have any identity. He walked with God in the cool of the day. He breathed the ruach, the breath of God. He breathed the air of the Father. And through that breath began to get revelation from God. And what did God tell Adam? That you would have dominion over the earth and the sea, the land, the creatures. You will walk in dominion over this earth. And as you begin to declare it, so shall it be. He gave him the revelation of the power that was within him. And that he had the power to bring change. He had a man's body but an infant mind. Think about that. Adam had a man's body, but he had an infant mind. Could that be why Jesus said you got to become as a little child? You want to enter into the kingdom of God, you, be, you got to become as a little child. And you can't depend on, depend on information. you got to depend on revelation. This is, what, this is what intimacy is all about. This is what true intimacy is all about. This is what the fast is all about. Some of you haven't started anything yet, and I'm just telling you, come join us. Fast. Take the next 14 days, starting today. Uncle Rick got rid of Diet Cokes. He hadn't had a Diet Coke in seven days. He's, he's fiending. He's shaking. He's twitching. But that's something that means that he probably drinks 20 Diet Cokes in a day. I know, but that's what he's done his whole life. I don't, I've never known him not to. And he's strong. He rides his bike 50 miles a day, 40 miles a day. He works out, he's, he, he hit the golf ball further than I can, and he plays from the old man tees. Drives me nuts. Like, get back here with me, buddy. I'm just telling you, take something in your life that means something and fast it. And take that time for intimacy with God. Because that's what God's calling the church to. Face-to-face -face encounters. Divine, mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, saying what he has said. Adam only knew what God told him. He walked in revelation face-to-face -face with God. 
And we live in a church that has put way too much value on information and not enough value on revelation. What's information? Information is a series of facts that we can gain through our own experience. It's a series of facts that we gain through our own experience, our own personal research, our own personal study. We're living in the age of information. This, we are currently in the age of information. Right now, all the knowledge on the earth is doubling every 12 months. Every 12 months, everything that is known, is information is doubling every 12 months. In just 2010, it was three and a half years. It was doubling every three and a half years. Currently, it's every 12 months, and they predict that information will double every 12 hours soon. You can't even comprehend that in your mind, the knowledge that's on the earth right now, and it's doubling every 12 months. We live in the age of information. But let me tell you something. Revelation is different than information. Revelation can't be discovered through study. And I know you're looking at me funny, but I'm just telling you. You can study the Bible over and over again, memorize books of the Bible and everything. But it, all of a sudden, there comes a moment when there comes a revelation from heaven, a divine revelation. And it takes what you're studying and it gives life. It's, it, it's rhema. It's like a, it comes alive inside of you. It's not just reading the pages of a book. It's just not reading scripture. It's like all of a sudden that scripture comes alive and it's layers upon layers and upon layers. And we can never exhaust the layers of information or the layers of revelation that God wants to reveal to those that love him, that pursue him, that look to have a face-to-face -face encounter with him. Revelation cannot be discovered through study. You can study yourself into divine, re you cannot study yourself into divine revelation, but you can study out a, a revelation that God gives you. Like for me, there's, there's certain revelations. I grew up in church my whole life. And, and I most of you know I grew up in a very legalistic environment. I was very strict. My, my sisters were not allowed to wear pants. They weren't allowed to wear makeup. My mom was not allowed to wear pants. She wasn't allowed to wear makeup. I was not allowed to let my hair get on my collar. If my hair got down too long, I had to go get a haircut because my dad was just legalistic in, in, in all of his views. And as I began to grow and as I began to spend time in God's word, and he began to reveal to me the truth. He began to reveal to me layers of his truth. And now it's, it, it's not legalism that I live by. It's relationship that I live by. And now the Holy Spirit brings conviction into my heart. And there are certain things as, as I'm walking through this life that, that stir my convictions. And I say, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore because God's convicted me of that. And it's not out of legalism. There's things that God has revealed to me that I'll never totally understand. See, a lot of you don't know my background. You, you weren't with me as a child, so you don't know how evil I was, how mean I was. I was a thief, man. I steal stuff just to steal it. Didn't even want it. I just loved the challenge of trying to steal something and get away with it. And that, that was a part of my, I don't know where it came from, but I would go into 7-Eleven and just shove stuff down my pants and shove stuff in my pockets just to see if I'd get outside and go outside with my friends and go, look what I got, look what I got. I don't even want it. Here, you guys can have it. It meant nothing to me. It was like this part of my character and part of the revelation that God gave me was his unconditional love, that he loved me in spite of my failures. And I'll probably never understand that to the full. I'll probably never get that to the depths of it. But it will forever be a lifetime study that I will always study and want to know how God could love us but in spite of ourselves. 
And there are other revelations of the Holy Spirit, how God could come live in me and dwell in me, and that he could be my teacher, he could be my guide, he could be my comforter, that he would be closer than a brother, and how the Holy Spirit could come inside of me and dwell in this body. Those are mysteries, and you can study out a revelation, but you can't get a revelation through information. It comes through divine encounters, face-to-face with God, face-to-faith. You will never discover the heart of Yahweh through head knowledge. This will only come through revelation. Revelation means the unveiling. It means unveiling. If you look at it in the Bible, revelation means uh, apocalypsis, apocalypsis. Apocalypsis. And apocalypsis means the uncovering of the veil. Calypsis means the veil. And through the history of time, there's been revelations of God that, that we have not known that have come. The, 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 the revelation of divine healing. The revelation of faith and the word of faith movement. All this came of, as of res- revelations as God revealed himself. Calypsis means the veil. Uh, APO means to remove it. Revelation is the removing or the uncovering of the veil. The word revelation is the veil removal. That's what it means. And as we walk in revelation, the veil is removed and we see God as he is. We see ourselves as we are and we realize that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it's not according to our works unless any man should boast, but it is according to the grace of God that lives in us. He loves to reveal himself to those who seek him with their whole heart. The word of God is in full, is full of hidden truth that Yahweh puts a veil over and, and, and he reveals it to those who pursue him, those who seek him with their whole heart. He uncovers what has been hidden to the wise and he reveals it to the one who seeks him, the one who becomes childlike. That stops acting like you know so much because you can quote so many scriptures. I don't care how many scriptures you can quote. If it doesn't come with divine revelation, it means nothing. Matthew 11, 25 and 30. At this time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, but you've revealed them to the babes, to babes, even so the even so, Father, for it, so it seemed good in your sight. For all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except for the Father does. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And the one that, whom the Son will reveal to him. And he says, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn of me. For I am uh, gentle and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. This is revealed, this can be revealed to you through revelation of God's word. God can reveal to you what you're not smart enough to know. I'm proof. God can reveal to you what you're not smart enough to know. When you look at the life of the disciples, they weren't, they weren't educated men. They weren't highly trained men that, that followed Christ. That Most of them were fishermen. Luke was probably the smartest. He was probably the most educated because the Bible says he was a doctor. And, and, and he probably was the most educated. But they weren't educated men. They were men that just followed Jesus. Their ministry was that they had been with Jesus. 
And some of you are looking for your calling, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? How about you just get with him face to face? How about you meet with him in the quietness of your own home? How about you meet with him in your car and allow him to have a face-to-face encounter with you to change your life? Acts 4.13, and when they saw the boat, it's Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. They realized that they had been with Jesus. It wasn't their information. It was the revelation. It was face to face. God walked with Adam in intimacy. Ms. Gill, if you could come to the keyboard. When we opened, when Adam opened his eyes, the first thing he saw was God's face. Jesus became the second Adam. Jesus came to restore everything that the first Adam lost. And what was it? Intimacy. Intimacy. Walking with him in the cool of the day. Spending time with him, quality time with him. Not adding him to what you're already doing. Like we think that just because we put worship on our car while we're driving to work and got a million things in our head that we've spent time with him. Listen, this is way different than that. I'm talking about a divine encounter face to face. Fasting and praying is all about disconnecting from the world and connecting to God. It's all about intimacy. It's all about FaceTime. You know, I think you, like this whole thing of uh, what we're going through with the pandemic and, and, and the quarantine and isolation, if we really believe that God's in charge of everything and in control of everything, like we could blame it on the news, we could blame it on the Democrats, we could blame it on the Republicans, we could, we could try to find who we want to put the blame on. But just know this, God's in charge. God's in charge. And maybe what he's saying is, come away from everything and come close to me. Distance yourself out from the world. Distance yourself out from everything. And let me in your home again. Let me spend time with you in the secret places of your life. Everybody in here has got secret places. Everybody in here has got places in their life that they keep private, that they don't tell anybody else. There's thoughts, there's unforgiveness, there's all kinds of stuff that, that, that and God says, you know what, I'm going to put a mask over you, and I'm just going to ask you just to sit back and let me speak to you. Let me reveal myself to you. This, what's your name, man? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Josiah. Stand up, bud. How old are you? 15 years old. God wants to reveal himself to Josiah face to face. That you and God look each other in the eyes. And that he speaks purpose and destiny into your life, Josiah. That you're not just here because it was a cool place to come and because you like all the kids that are here. You're here because God wants to change your life and transform you into a prophet of God. You've got to receive this message today and say, you know what, I, I don't want to just get information about God. I need to know him. You can sit down. You, I want to know him in a private way. Like I want to know him the way nobody else knows him. That you can know Jesus in the way that he's never revealed himself to anybody else. That you can know him, Zach, in a fresh new way. See, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to be a preacher that just stands up here and preaches from my head knowledge or from what, from what I've learned. i got to be moved by the Holy Spirit. i got to speak what the Holy Spirit is saying. i got to speak what I'm seeing. 
I've got to see it in here before I can say it out here. I've got to see it. I don't want to listen to worship from a worship leader that's only singing it from her mouth. I want to listen and I want to sit in a worship service where a worship leader has had divine encounters with God throughout the week. And when she stands up and sings, she's not singing about God, she's singing to God. And that's where you got to get in your life. You can't just show up and say, I'm just going to sit here every week. Ralph, you know about so much about God. You've been so faithful with God. But God says, listen, Ralph, I want to give you a face-to-face new encounter with me. I want you to breathe my breath. I want you to speak my words. I want you to look with your eyes into the hearts of people. And I want you to tell them about my love. I want you to speak to them about the goodness of the Father. Stop speaking information and start speaking out of revelation of who he is and what he has done for us. He has brought us through so much stuff. He's carried you from a baby to bring you to an encounter with him to say, listen, your life is going to change and everybody that meets you will be changed and transformed because of the face-to-face divine encounter with the Father. If you believe it, stand up on your feet and say, God, that's me. God, that's me. I want to be face-to-face. I don't want to turn my back on the altar, God. I want to be face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth speaking the oracles of heaven. I want to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say what the Father says. Look with eyes of compassion. Look with eyes of compassion. Stop looking through information. Stop looking at people with what you know. The other day we were at, we were at the beach we took a, a, a family and, and we went down to a little beach and just hung out at the beach. That's why my face is so brown. We went and hung out at a little beach and we were in the boat. There was 10 of us in the boat and we looked over and there was a woman walking all by herself on the beach hunting seashells with a mask on. And men on another boat started screaming, take your mask off, take your mask off. And my heart was so grieved. My heart was so grieved that I wanted to give her information, but it wasn't information that could bring change to her life. It's revelation. When you understand the power of the control of the Holy Spirit, when you understand the power of God in your life, that no weapon, no weapon formed against you can prosper, no disease can penetrate you, you can stand on God's word, that no matter what happens in my life, my God is going to bring me through it because of divine encounters with God. If you believe it, give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Bow your hearts to the Lord. Pray with me that somebody's life in this room would be changed. Pray with me that someone watching this feed online right now would allow Jesus to touch their lives. Pray with me that God would speak to them about their destiny that God would give them a divine encounter and a revelation of his love for them, that their addiction is not too strong for God, their alcoholism isn't too strong for God, their drug addiction isn't too strong for God, that porn addiction isn't too strong for God. If you just meet with Jesus face to face and have a divine encounter that he breathes on you. I believe there's some in this room that need to be born again. You've been born of this world, and you need to be born of the Spirit. You need the breath of God to give you life as it did Adam. And you need to come to God as a child. Say, God, I I trust you for revelation. I trust you for transformation. While everybody's praying, everybody's seeking the Lord.
I'm gonna ask everybody just to hold your hands out to the Lord like this. I don't know why I've never done it. This is the first time to do it like this. Everybody holding your hands out like this. I don't know. God just asked me to do it. I'm gonna do it. Jesus, speak to the hearts of teenagers in this room. Speak to the hearts of moms and dads in this room. Grandmas and grandpas in this room. Individuals that need to make a change, that have been living by information and not revelation. Speak to people right now that need a change. And I'm going to ask right now, if your heart is not where it needs to be with God, I don't need to know any details. I'm not going to ask you any details. But I'm going to ask you, if you're not where you need to be with God, that you would take your hands that you're holding out before God right now and just lift them to Jesus high over your head. Just hold them up. Say, God, I need more. I need, I need deeper revelation. I need to walk with you more. I need to talk with you more. Pray with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I trust you with my future. I believe you died for me, and I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you.